This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 30th of May. In your Squiz Today... The sun sets on Mark McGowan, PwC apologises, an inflation hike on hex debts, and Queen are the champions. This is your Squiz Today. It came as a bit of a shock yesterday that Western Australia's Premier Mark McGowan will finish up at the end of this week as the state's leader and as a member of parliament. He says that after more than six years as Premier and more than 26 years in the parliament, he's feeling pretty exhausted, Claire. Yeah, and he's one of a few politicians to do that of late. Mm. McGowan yesterday said that the role has been all-consuming and relentless, and it really has been a few big years. McGowan's COVID response really elevated him to the national stage when he closed the state's borders for 697 days. Uh, It was the toughest response in Australia and also one of the toughest in the world. Uh, But his approach didn't do him any political harm. In 2021, his Labor Party won a second four-year term Mm -hmm. with a historic landslide victory that reduced the Liberals to two seats in the state's lower house. And yesterday, PM Anthony Albanese said that win earned McGowan a place in Australian political history and that he would be remembered as always looking to do the right thing by the people of WA. But like any leading politician, he did have some huge fights with those who didn't agree with him. Yeah, during COVID, there were some pretty big clashes with former Prime Minister Scott Morrison, also the New South Wales Premier Dominic Perrottet. That was about that closed border. Uh, There were also plenty of big battles with coalition MPs and others on all sorts of policy issues throughout the years, including things like how the GST is divvied out to the states. But yesterday, even some of his critics recognised that he'd been a successful leader, particularly Mm. delivering surplus budgets in Western Australia. Uh, Of course, thanks to a lot of that mining money in the state. Uh, But the rest of the country continues to struggle with debt and deficits. So that's a different situation over West. Um, It's a record that his replacement will also be looking to replicate. There were insiders yesterday who were saying that Deputy Premier Roger Cook and also Health Minister Amber Jade Sanderson are two that could be up for the job. And Claire, Mark McGowan wasn't the only notable Aussie to quit yesterday. At Seven's sunrise, the sun is setting on David Kosh's 21-year reign as host of the Brecky TV show. He's said that it's time to keep regular business hours and focus on his family publishing business and his role as the chairman of the Port Adelaide Football Club. But you can still catch him on the telly for a couple of weeks. He'll finish up on June 9. The fallout from the PwC tax advice scandal continues. The Big Four consulting firm said that nine senior team members who weren't named had been put on leave. And the acting boss, Kristen Stubbins, also apologised on behalf of the company yesterday. Yeah, she said 
sorry for sharing confidential government tax policy information. Also sorry that the company had betrayed the trust that was placed in them. Uh, Prime Minister Albanese also waded into the saga yesterday. He said that clearly what went on there is completely unacceptable. There's quite a bit of pressure on the government at the moment to justify why they continue to use PwC mm-hmm. and other consulting firms. So that political pressure continues. Um, To recap quickly just what went down there, PwC advised the federal government on some tax policies and it was found to have used insider information to help clients avoid new tax laws that were coming down the pipeline that were targeting multinational firms that were sending profits offshore. Those people who were put on leave yesterday were involved in that. It is a story that's been bubbling along since the start of the year, but about three weeks ago, the company's Australian boss, Tom Seymour, said that he would leave in September. And then last week, the Treasury referred the matter to the federal police to consider criminal charges. If you're one of the three million Aussies who has a hex or help debt, this will probably be relevant to you. Student debts are set to increase on Thursday in line with Australia's inflation rate. And if you're a regular squizzer, you would have heard us mention it a lot. Inflation is still sitting at 7.1%. Yeah, just to give you an example about the effect of that sort of inflation hike on those hex debts, uh, the inflation-linked increases were less remarkable when inflation was around 2% or so. Mm. But with that high inflation rate currently, it means that someone who has been paying their debt since 2018 could actually owe more than what they did when they graduated. A group of crossbench MPs and senators are trying to stop that from happening, though. They have written to PM Anthony Albanese and the Education Minister, Jason Clare, and they've offered to help pass laws to stop the rise. Claire, I know you're completely beside yourself about Succession's finale that dropped yesterday. I reckon (laughs) many squizzes are in the same boat as you. And we can guarantee that the squiz will be a spoiler-free zone this morning. But if you're a fan and you've wondered how could a family be like this, according to a new study, the behaviour of the uber-wealthy grown-up kids in the show isn't actually too far from the truth. Yeah, so this comes from a Swiss luxury rehab centre and the researchers there say that there is something that they're calling succession syndrome, which sees the children of the super-privileged hold what they say is a deep-rooted fear of weakness and failure. Uh, As for its prevalence, they say that nearly 40% of the patients that they've reviewed struggled with mental health problems that are very specific to rich families. Yeah, and as with the dysfunctional Roy family, they say that money won't buy you happiness. But Claire, I reckon I wouldn't mind giving it a go, to be completely honest. Probably give it a go. (laughs) (laughs) This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. Sometimes it can feel like retirement is a long way off, but whether it's two years or 20 years away, it's important to make sure your super fund is working for you. Aware Super is one of Australia's largest super funds and offers heaps of free tools and tips on its website for Aussies looking to get their super sorted and put a plan in place for their retirement. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. 
There's a lot of speculation around that Queen's music catalogue is going to be sold, Claire. It's not something the average person will be able to purchase, though, unfortunately. Industry insiders say that Disney Music Group is likely to sell the catalogue to Universal Music Group for a fairly large price tag. Yeah, and that price tag is in excess of US $1 billion. So uh, it's still very speculative at the moment. A deal hasn't been done. But insiders say that if it does go for that, that figure would be largely thanks to the really recent surge in the popularity of Queen's music. And that was off the back of the 2018 Oscar winning film Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, At $1 billion, it would be double what Bruce Springsteen's catalogue sold for in late 2021, which currently holds the record. Uh, Reports haven't confirmed, but there's speculation that that went for around $500 US million. And these music catalogue sales have been happening more often in recent times, Claire. Bob Dylan, Stevie Nicks and Justin Bieber have all sold their music, but one person who hasn't is Taylor Swift. And if you're a Swifty, you'll, of course, know that she's been hustling to get control of hers. Yep, she's not selling. (laughs) Squeeze the day, Claire. Elizabeth Holmes is scheduled to begin her 11-year prison sentence today. Yeah, hasn't that been a journey? We'll have to wait and see whether it actually does happen. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, definitely expect that to be in the news. Of course, she was the founder of Theranos, which was that medical device that was testing blood and was found to be a big fraud. And that wraps us up today. Have a great day and we'll be back with you tomorrow. G'day, Kate Watson here. I'm the host of Weekly Wrap and News Club, a place for conversations about the news. It's budget week, so I'm here to tell you about our News Club episode from last week where Claire chatted with James Chessel. He's the former Managing Director of Publishing at Nine Entertainment. He was also a staffer earlier in his career, so they have a good chat about how the budget sausage is made. Here's a small snippet. The most important policy or set of policies the government will announce every year. So it's important that it's not um, announced willy-nilly, although Mm. they do leak (laughs) a a fair amount of it. And there is a famous time when when, um, Laurie Oakes, the nine journalist, got his hand on the budget papers the day before the budget and was able to print... such an incredible story. ...was able to print a lot of it, um, which was, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, (laughs) But the other thing is... A lot of what the Treasurer will announce has the ability to move markets, yeah. um, direct impact on on businesses and, and other organisations. So, you know, there does need to be some rigour and uh, confidence that it will be handed, handled in an appropriate, appropriate way. For more on that chat, just search for News Club in your podcast app or follow the link in your episode notes.